Welcome to the From the Stem Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Welcome, guys, and thanks for tuning in to our 16th podcast episode for From the Stem Up. I'm very excited to talk more about neuroscience because I'm meeting so many people who are into this field, which is amazing. Um, so in this next episode, I'm going to interview Ritika. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. So my name is Ritika. I am currently a rising high school senior from Alhambra, California. I um, carry a profound interest in the field of STEM and particularly the domain of neuroscience and environmental studies. And um, as far as my hobbies are concerned, I really enjoy variations of art, um, including sketching, photography, and, and music. I play the flute and piccolo. And um, for other hobbies, I enjoy um, outdoor activities and adventure sports. And I think that's, this has really encouraged me to um, root more for environmental conservation alongside neurological research. And I also take part in competitive athletics, such as swimming and soccer. So that's just a little, little bit about me. That's amazing. Man, this is like, I think this is my third episode interviewing someone from California. Um, how's the weather out there? Oh, it's very hot today. Very hot. Has been a very humid for a couple of days now. Yeah, same. Here in Ontario, it's it like the only heat that ever comes to us is humidity. It's never like dry heat. So <laughs> yeah. My my hair being like curlier, it like gets super poofy, and it's a little bit annoying. Uh, but I come into the summer with long hair, and then I come out of it with like a bob cut because I just can't. Short poofy hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I really like um, how you mentioned like you play the piccolo. I've never met someone who played the piccolo. I always like thought it was such a beautiful sounding instrument. And I also like to yeah. um, paint with like gouache and oil. But that's awesome that you like sketching and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. Like what kind of things do you like to sketch? So I'm definitely a reference artist. So I'll whatever scene I well, like sceneries and um, any image that I think is particularly interesting, I'll just draw it down. I can't, um, you know, produce art from my own. Like I need some sort of reference. Same. And there's nothing in particular. Just like I, I need some sort of reference picture. It could actually just be sitting in a park, and I may like something, and I'll just draw it. So something like that. Yeah, definitely same. I I always go online for pictures and then I just kind of like emulate it or like change the colors a little bit, but that's like the extent yeah. of the creativity. Sometimes I have like, you know, those sparks of creativity where I'd be like, I want to draw this, but then it always turns out how I don't really want it to be. And then I'll have to like go online for inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a little bit more on the STEM side though. What does STEM mean to you? So STEM to me, I think it's part exploration and experimentation and then part contribution to society. And I know that you can contribute in various ways through um, different fields um, to society, but um, I think STEM has more of a direct um, impact on people, whether it be by means of the phone that you're using or, or vaccines for that matter. So that's, that's what STEM is to me. And I really hope to contribute my knowledge and what I can make of it to the people in the future. Yeah, I really like that description. I think that was that was very, you know, accurate 
and and I think especially you mentioned the vaccines, like the vaccine race, you know, um, there's like yeah, like Moderna, and, but yeah. I think all of them are very you know cool and like all their approaches are just amazing. I think it's so cool that with science we're able to come up with different solutions. Yeah, and I mean it's largely applicable, so that's what makes it even more interesting. It's interesting and exciting because you never know. Um, what may come of it because even now with COVID um, like normally you would develop certain things and um, research over a period of time and it could take years you know two, two to three years we're starting to develop these vaccines so quickly and we've done all this work so quickly within a span of months so I that just speaks to how um, incredible these scientists are and and I mean STEM isn't just about science. It it has the technology, math, um, and then it also has the engineering part. And then nowadays people are referring to it as STEAM, um, with that English um, writing creativity part. So yeah, I definitely think that A in STEAM is very important. The only reason I didn't really when I when making this podcast I didn't put it in was because I wanted to focus more on the STEM aspect and if the person wanted to, they could call it STEAM or, you know, relate art to STEAM, which I think humanities and STEAM and communication in the STEM fields is really, really important. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was also a play on words in my title. Like, um, I wanted to do it yeah, from, from the STEM up, from the roots up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will also ask you a little bit more about, like, communication in sciences, especially in, like, research degrees. I think that might be a cool topic to discuss on after the break. Um, but my next yeah. kind of topic is you mentioned you're passionate about neuroscience and the brain and environmental sciences. Do you want to give us a backstory on how you got into those fields? Yeah, so there's, I don't recall a singular like encounter with neuroscience or STEM in general that really sparked my interest. It really developed over time. And so discussions regarding current scientific affairs, like at the dinner table or notes from library textbooks or hours of volunteering with the Alzheimer's Association or um, implications of research papers or, um, you know, a completion of advanced courses at school, microscopic images of um, neurons, and, you know, the formation of my own research question um, that I'm currently working on has really come to form my interest of neuroscience. And um, there's the field, just like the brain itself, is um, relatively unexplored um, when compared to other fields of science. And um, it's gaining popularity, which is very exciting. And so I, I, I just really think that there's so much scope for me to contribute, whether it be now or in the future. And um, it simply excites me. I really don't have a very complicated answer for it. And I think it's so interesting that the brain is trying to understand itself. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's kind of ironic that a lot of degrees are really focused on one aspect when all of aspects of STEM are interconnected. That's how I kind of like yeah. engineering as a field because it takes every aspect of STEM. It's like, puts it into problem solving but also like in research you have to tap into so many different areas yeah and then that means yeah like in an undergraduate people really tend to focus on maybe one aspect or even if they like different aspects they go into like double degrees but then in your research and master's and phd it's really like it's it's very diverse on what you could do it might be completely different from your undergraduate degree because of the advancements that might have happened along the way yeah and that's what I really like about neuroscience is that um, a lot of the syllabi that I've seen for colleges and even for some high schools that offer, you know, um, allow you to tap into these fields is that 
um, they all cover so many disciplines. So uh, for neuroscience, you may begin by understanding the humanities and then you'll enter into chemistry and then you'll tap into biology and anatomy and physiology and then you go into computational neuroscience and then you add um, to the field by computer science and um, all of these different things and you never know where you may end up and what you may find interesting and then within those different fields you have um, you can you have this ability to go deeper and further which is what science science is all about and my projects are largely based on encouraging this interdisciplinary approach which i think is so important exactly um and it's and it just comes to show like whatever you choose to study or pursue i've seen like countless people who have you know studied a certain type of engineering and done a completely different thing in their masters and just and pursued that yeah maybe studied business and then started doing, I don't know, an agrotech company. It's, it's just super cool. Like what comes to you in life and you know, like always, always be on your toes and always have an open mind. Yeah. So th kind of thinking about, you know, the future, like past high school, what is your like dream career or your career goals? Yeah. So in the context of academics, I think it's, um, I'd like to acquire a PhD in neuroscience. And this is, of course, after the four years of high school, I mean, um, college and my undergraduate years. So I'm definitely majoring in neuroscience or some colleges offer this concentration in neurobiology. So I'll do that and I'll probably um, pursue a minor concentration in environmental studies. And, um, and I think I'll go on to acquire a PhD in neuroscience. And as of now, I'm leaning towards entering the field of neurobiological research as a wet lab scientist and only time will tell if I want to um, go into medical school and um, maybe um, consider neurosurgery as an option. So um, I'm a bit uncertain about the occupation, but as of now, um, wet lab science really interests me. Yeah, for those listeners who don't know what really is wet lab science. Yeah, so it's just laboratory work. Um, yeah, I think that's the simplest way I can put it. Yeah, so you're not doing sorry. clinical work with patients. It's um, it's in a laboratory setting. Ah, so I think for our listeners, it'd be if you're more into the research, like research side, laboratory yeah. side. It's it's called wet lab, right? That's the term. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You can do research in any field. You can do research in art. You could do research um, via engineering. But as far as this is concerned and as far as biology and chemistry and all these hands on fields are concerned, um, wet lab science is the term. Nice. And I know you mentioned um, neurosurgery. Did you hear of that story of that of, of a lady who played violin during a um, during a surgery on her brain? Oh no, tell me more. So this was a woman. She had to get a tumor removed and she was a major violinist. So she played violin during the surgery so that the surgeons knew um, that what they removed didn't affect her ability to play the violin, which is mind blowing. Oh, um, that is, okay. Yeah, it was, that it was is weird. Very interesting. I did not know that actually. I didn't know that the I don't know if she was conscious or not, um, but I would definitely probably numb the area or something. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Um, I don't know. I and and it was good because she was able to play the violin after, and the surgeons knew that, you know. Um, yeah. But 
it's just I don't know it it really really didn't wrap around my brain pun intended how that worked you know <laughs> yeah uh, I think that neuroscience is one of the coolest fields to go into um, it's one of the, like I think uh, like as you said it's the brain learning about the brain and exactly yeah that, that yeah. isn't that so cool isn't it weird that like we're like the brain is conscious that it's like alive I don't know if it's yeah, like exactly. existential yeah, yeah, thoughts yeah. right now but it's just like yeah it's like it's so weird and like it's one of the most undiscovered things but it's right in our heads right exactly and just like you with your example of the violinist I think I mean they had her playing or whatever the setup was um they you never know what you may tweak or what you may remove to cause some sort of a repercussion in someone. And um, because normally, you know, with other organs, what you're working with, right? And then, um, but you only have some sort of a relative idea because you never know what, what will impact whom, you know, in that way. So there's that scope for learning. And um, it's, it's just, it's so amazing. Yeah, like as you said, I don't really think we really know exactly what region of the brain pinpoints to one specific action in our bodies. Like, so I think that's why the neuroscientists or like or neurosurgeons had to do that. And I think it's extremely brave uh, for neurosurgeons today because they don't have all the information yet. They're still performing surgeries on people's like conscious, you know, minds. It's like insane. So. With that, I'm just going to hop over to the break. And after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about research um, stuff and some more projects that Ratik is doing. So I hope you guys enjoy the break. Guess what? From the Stem Up now has a new website, which is fromthestemup.media. There you can find all the sign-up links. You can find a link to the Discord server, where you'll be able to meet all the listeners and opportunities in STEM and advice in STEM will also be there as well. And obviously all the links to listen to the podcast. So make sure to check it out. All right, we're back from the break. We'll now talk about uh, Ritiko's online initiative, Scientia Pieces, which is a super cool name. I think it sounds super like modern and just advanced. I like, like, I love it. <laughs> Um, what was your inspiration behind this initiative and what do you aim to bring to your audience with it? Yeah, so I think this should be widely accepted, even though it may not be at the moment. But um, I think all there's no discipline that, you know, lies in isolation, right? It's all interconnected in some way. And you can use it, um, use that interconnection in some way to expand your knowledge. Um because science is not just about digging deeper, but also about expanding your knowledge and how other disciplines can contribute to um, what you plan on pursuing. And so Scientia Pieces is an online initiative that seeks to evoke an interest in neuroscience via an interdisciplinary lens. So our budding blog features written versions of, you know, controversial, interesting, and like intricate concepts in neuroscience. And we encourage all individuals under the age of 27, with certain exceptions, um, to write for this platform because it's generally um, youth directed to the youth. And um, so not only do we provide those interested with free editing and web publication services, but we also present them with, you know, the invaluable opportunity of impacting others with their work. And um, 
so our contrib contributors are thus able to add to the resources available for those who intend to build their knowledge of neuroscience. And um, we offer a we offer literary and artistic freedom um, in having contributions to our blog. So we can go from having scientific passages be posted on our blog to poems or analyses of a neuroscience related book you've read or maybe it doesn't even have to be neuroscience related but you make that connection yourself or analyses of photographs or paintings or um, research papers so basically your take on what it what al already exists on the internet or via books so it's it's a creative platform and i think it's um, i haven't seen anything like it as of now and I know certain colleges and programs offer, um, you know, the liberal liberal arts, if you've heard of that term. It's when you have all these, um, you're learning, you're majoring in your field with um, knowledge of all of these things and you have general education requirements. And I think that beginning early and recognizing that um, there's so many things for you to explore and that by no means that you have to um, continue on in just your field is important. So yeah, that's that's what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And I definitely like how this blog could include someone writing a poem to maybe a more yeah. technical piece. Um, so even me not knowing like the most about neuroscience, could I, you know, research about stuff, contribute to it just by signing up or should I join a team or what happens there? All right, so this is definitely a initiative that I'm running myself. So we don't have like a team of sorts, but um, I've had, um, you can, we have like this like contacting area on our platform. So we, you can sign up, sign up and um, um, I'll contact you and then we'll see what sort of ideas that you can, what ideas you can bring to the platform. And um, it's, it's quite accessible. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So is my initiative. So you can always contact me through there and we post very often. And um, yeah, so just sign up through the contact form on our website and um, tell us about what you think you can contribute to our platform. And if this is not um, the way that you would like to contribute to our initiative, then I do have a branching interview series um, titled Youth of Neuroscience. And um, all of, I don't know if you've heard of the platform called Medium, but it's like a yeah. blog type platform and um, uh, the interviews go there. And so I think this is a very, a nice platform for all ideas to come together and form a modern definition of neuroscience. And um, it really encourages STEM enthusiasts to just take that first step towards um, advancing in their field of interest. I definitely agree with that. And, and I like how you're kind of bringing the debate aspect into scientific pieces, because I think neuroscience is just it's pretty debatable, honestly. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of things that it is, it is, yeah. is, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of new emerging technologies with it that are unknown. And yeah. it's maybe debating about like, what does this region of the brain actually do? You know? Yeah. Um, and you can actually, um, there's, there's terminology in the brain that you can research more about and um, not even the function of that, that area in the brain, but you could just focus on the word and where that word comes from and the origin of that word. Uh, and basically anything that comes together, like our blog should come together to form a new and um, fundamental understanding of what neuroscience is. And so we're working on creating that. And um, yeah, and Scientia Pieces, which is 
the name of the initiative literally means pieces of science. So these each blog post is a piece of the puzzle. Exactly. And that puzzle kind of analogy really links back to STEM in general. Everything is really just a puzzle. All the STEM fields, every research really has to tap into so many different areas. Um, where does Scientia pieces, where like, where do you see it in the future? I think um, as of now, it's just an initiative. And um, I've through these podcasts and through other features and magazines and other platforms that other students are running. Um, that's where we're getting most of our space and most of our reach. But as of now, I think I may um, collaborate with professionals and professors um, at the college that I uh, will attend. And um, through that, I think I'll make this a nonprofit of sorts or you know, expand its reach in general. Amazing. And I, and I hope this, this really takes off. And I think it's a really unique idea. Um, Thank you. you know, and I think um, you can even start to expand and get like, like a team, maybe some editors to help you during the school year when you might be having some work to do. Um, yeah. Same with yeah. me like this. So getting like, that leadership team ready with the nonprofit is that's the plan. Exactly. Same with me. This is like a one-man show podcast. I have to do everything. I'm yeah. thinking of maybe, you know, bringing someone to the team with me, a friend, because I think that, yeah, I have time in the summer, but during school, it might be a different story, right? Um, yeah. But speaking of school, you know, you are in senior year, right? Yeah, I'm a senior. Yeah. Like, how does school look like in California? Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's just the the usual where in all the states, um, but over here, I mean, you have to if you're planning on attending a public university, you have those requirements, and um, it's actually uh, at least with the high school that I'm going to, you can choose the courses that you have, and we have a very large variety of courses, AP courses, um, and uh, there are a couple a couple of IB schools near us as well. So if you're planning on going into that program. Um, but our school mainly offers AP courses and um, we have a large variety of them, um, except for like two or three that the college board provides. And um, so that gives you a lot of a lot of choice and a lot of freedom in terms of where you want to go with your studies. And um, yeah, we have a lot of extracurricular activities as well. And I can only speak for my school, um, the school that I attend. So yeah, we have a lot of extracurricular activities uh, and um, a lot of scope for people to um, build on their extracurriculars and and their hobbies while also studying in this competitive environment that our school offers. Yeah, does does your school have any like COVID restrictions, like virtual learning options or? Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, as of now, we're distance learning. It's completely distance learning. Um, there's no hybrid option for first semester, maybe second semester, but we'll have to see on that. Um, I don't think anybody is actually ready to risk their lives to go to school. Um, distance learning has been going smoothly. We've had our first week of school already and our second week of school will begin tomorrow. So um, yeah, it, it's going well and um, I actually enjoy it. Actually my school in, in Ontario, we have an option to go hybrid or virtual and hybrid is even offered, you know, in September when, when my school starts. And I don't really know if that's the right choice, but there's a lot of different students with different backgrounds that need to be accommodated 
So I'm glad we're yeah. given a choice. Um, here in my school, we do have AP courses. I only have math and the sciences um, and French. So in Canada, Ooh, it's a little bit different French. with like, <laughs> like we, we do have a lot less variety in selection with the AP courses. Um, which yeah, is a I mean, different. it's definitely more of a U.S. thing, um, especially with College Board being a um, corporation here. But of course, they offer international courses, and of course, the reach is there. But uh, it's in the U.S. where it's more of a, it's a, it's more prevalent. Definitely, and you know, going back to school, and you've already been there for a week. What are your main points of advice for keeping productive and motivated during, you know, virtual schooling? Yeah, well, set up a routine. Um, I think school in general really provides you the schedule that you need to remain productive because you have uh, the periods that you're attending. But um, yeah, make sure you have some sort of routine and that you have this sort of discipline to actually stick to it. Uh, and that discipline is really intrinsic and you have to sort of practice. And uh, But make sure to give, you, uh, give yourself the breaks that you need with um, by pursuing the hobbies that you have and uh, um, don't be too hard on yourself but make sure that the time that you are working um, and are studying and are doing schoolwork is of utmost productivity so that you feel like you deserve those breaks and um, as far as distant learning is concerned make sure to change your clothes into your daytime clothes uh, don't sit there in your pajamas because that does not encourage the right feeling the feeling of learning um, and yeah, schedule breaks and aim to finish your work at a specific time to sort of help mimic a school schedule so that because you, you would only have, you know, 56 or 60 minutes for one period or however it may be um, at your school. But make sure to finish within that time, whatever it is that you have. Um, don't don't give yourself additional leeway just because it's distance learning, um, because you need to understand that it is school and that school has started. And making sure you're in that mindset you're gonna have your phone in your house if you're if you're studying yeah, exactly exactly um you're gonna have your bed and you're gonna have your pjs close by but make sure you change out of them get out of bed make your bed and go to a desk yeah. and preferably that desk should be out of your room because you want that mental space um and your yeah. phone should be out of reach as well yeah so avoid those distractions and um, other than that, it all comes from you and, and what you hope to make of your school year. Exactly. And, and for us as class of 2021, um, yes, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult not being able to go to school events. Um, so maybe even join Scientia Pieces, write some stuff for them, um, enjoy yeah. like those online initiatives, write, write some blogs, start your own medium blog or something. Um, I think that's yeah. really valuable. Yeah, and it really shows colleges and yourself, actually, what you are able to do and what your potential is and what you're willing to learn. And um, yeah, definitely take those, take that initiative and um, own your work. Yes, own your work. That is the best. So if you guys have any questions about virtual schooling or whatever is happening in your region or country, I will, I can post a kind of Q&A questionnaire on, on my story where we can have a little bit of a discussion on that but I'm really glad we had this talk um switching gears a little bit we I know you want to pursue a PhD how are you working towards it can you give advice to high school students that 
are looking to pursue a master's or doctorate degree? Yeah, so first of all, find that motivation to get through your bachelor's or to get through high school in general. Uh, find that motivation at first. And then as far as doctoral or postdoctorate or, you know, master's in, is concerned, make sure that you're doing it because you want to do it because it's going to be a lot of studying and um, a lot of years and time um, that you're going to invest in that one area of interest. So make sure it's something that you're interested in and something that you want to acquire for your own good um, and for your own validation, not because you want to impress someone else or because your parents told you to do so. Make sure it's something that you want to do. And um, as far as a PhD is concerned, um, make sure that, again, it's, it's a subject that you're really wanting to invest eight, seven to eight years of your life um, in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also trying it out in your undergraduate or high school um, experience by maybe like volunteering at a research area in, in a local university or reading over some technical papers for a science fair um, and seeing if that kind of thing interests you because you never want to go into something and then not like it because you're going to be there um, as Ritika said for like many many years but honestly that's it is pretty far ahead from now like we still need to go through undergraduate you still need to do <laughs> yeah. masters if you choose it but I think kind of having that sense of maybe having it as an option or considering it maybe look at college that you're going to or you're applying to because that college may determine you know what what kind of network you'll have what professor you might be working under for your PhD yeah so choose the college or university that maybe is more research focused here in Canada that is the University of Toronto so maybe if I wanted to do research I would definitely choose that one but if I wanted to look more into um, experience I would do the University of Waterloo um, and that is very similar uh, um, in the U.S. I assume too so yeah so definitely choose your um, do your research and um, choose the colleges apply to the colleges that you think you can you know gain the most experience and um, the appropriate um, knowledge from. And don't just go based on the name of the school, uh, but definitely what it offers, because I know there's so many underrated schools in the United States and in the world that really um, offer the best experiences possible. Exactly. I can't stress this enough, but like, don't study neuroscience, I don't know, at Harvard, just because it's Harvard. There might be a school that has even more extensive network in the neuroscience field, but it's less known. And I think just doing your research in that field that you want to go into is really important because you might have a better experience in that lesser known university or college um, for that matter. So that's yeah. a really good point you made. Yeah, especially because um, with, you know, the master's and every um, and all of these intensive programs, you need to make sure that you're surrounded by the right type of people, the right type of mentors, and that your community is strong and um, consists of the people that you enjoy being around because it's going to be it's going to demand it's going to be a very demanding process getting through these years of studying. And of course, the name helps, you know, getting into a program, but make sure you're making the most of that name and what that school offers. Um, even if you're going to Harvard or even if you're going to some other school. So don't go based off of 
that name, but actually what that name offers um, to you. And uh, make sure you remain open-minded. And as far as your bachelor's is concerned, um, from what I've heard, people change their, uh, people develop interests towards all sorts of things. And so it's okay if you, you know, change your major or change your minor uh, because you no longer have an interest in it. There's nothing wrong with you there. It's just that you've, um, you're leaning towards something else and that's completely fine. In fact, that's awesome. Yeah, you have no idea how many people I know that, that have changed their major completely. And even I might expect that, you know, I might go into something because I change my undergraduate degree almost every month. Like I have a different one than last year um, and last month for that matter too. But as for like yeah. college and university applications, a lot of my audience is also in grade 11 and 12. What process are you planning to take to apply to colleges and universities? Like, do you have any special tips for those listeners in the U.S.? Ooh, very, very, very important to make a schedule, um, especially for the um, for the colleges in the U.S. There are many, many supplemental essays and essays to write for each college. So um, you're writing a single essay that goes to every private college, and then you're writing a supplemental essay or a couple of supplemental essays for each college that you're applying to that is unique to that one college. And so you're going to be doing a lot of writing. So make sure um, you've chosen a decent course load um, so that you can sort of balance that and um, make sure to manage your time. And even I'm working on that. Um, time management is uh, very important. Um, but know that your work will be worth um, the time that you're putting into it. And make sure, yeah, so make sure that you have a schedule of some sort. Of course, nothing is set in stone, but um, having tentative deadlines is good. Make sure you get feedback from your teachers or um, your friends. Make sure you have all of these people read your essay, because of course you'll love your work but it may not represent you in the best way so make sure you have your teachers and friends and family members evaluate that for you and um, before you do any of this actually make sure you've done your research on the colleges that you plan on attending um, because you do, even if you do get accepted you don't want to regret being there um, make sure you're passionate about what you are going to be talking about and you have like three to four points that you need to cover about yourself in that application um, in that college application of yours. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I have. And I'm sure there are plenty of other tips online that you can uh, follow, but that's what I'm doing at the moment. Um, what I learned from a couple podcasts ago was time blocking on Google Calendar. That's what I've been doing for the past couple weeks. And I think I'll use that for school yeah. as well. But also, yeah, what I do kind of to trick myself is I put the due date, like, a day or two before because even oh, if there's same, something same, same. yeah because even if there's something like my computer breaks you know I'll be stressed out but I know that due date is kind of two days after so that two days is meant for extenuating circumstances but that due date is like the due date I place for myself which is a little bit earlier is just like a little bit of a mental model to help me get it done beforehand to make sure it's completely good and then those maybe last two days before the actual deadline, I can really refine it um, because I have it all completed. Um, so that's so that's a little bit of a thing I do. And I, I'll treat scholarship and 
college slash university applications as a little bit of like a separate half course. Make sure you do your research on it because, and it will take a lot of time. Like it will take yeah, almost totally. as much time as a real course would, especially in the half, in the first semester of your senior year. So yeah, I think that's just why a lot of seniors are stressed, you know, the first couple months, but yeah, it, it, but it it'll be, be stressful. It yeah. 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 Like, like it won't be stressful if you manage your time. Yeah. And trust me, you don't want to put any more stress on you than this, uh, than you already have, you know, exactly. Make it easier for yourself. And college and the degree you go in is not the defining factor of your whole life. As we said, things change and whatever you get into is just happens for a reason, you know, like I believe in things just happen for a reason in a way, not for everything, but you'll be happy in the place you go to, especially with these changing times, everyone is a little bit bamboozled. So it's okay if you feel, you know, bamboozled. I do too, because my school hasn't even gave, given me my schedule. Um, and I'm a little bit confused about what's going to go on. So, Oh yeah, that was a week prior to our school as well. Yeah, man. So you know what? You're not alone because I'm feeling the same way. Um, <laughs> and I'm feeling the same way about, you know, admissions. Will it be skewed a little bit because of COVID or will it not? Like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Yeah, I I'm sure the colleges don't know what's going to happen either. Everything is so tentative. Nobody has control over the situation. Yes, but you do have control over yourself. Exactly. And that's the most important. Do you have anything more, like more projects to share? I know you mentioned um, something about Alzheimer's. I didn't quite catch that. Do you want to expand more yeah. on that? Yeah, so I've been working, it's been two years since I've been working with the Alzheimer's Association. And um, I do a lot with them. I um, assist with their educational presentations. And um, I recently organized a citywide clothing drive. So I have that going on with them. If you're, if you um, are interested in collaborating with them, um, you can send them an email and uh, they'll do something. Um, they'll, they'll send you additional details. So after these two years, I've officially become a youth ambassador with them um, for my chapter. And so that's very exciting. And um, it's, it's a good validation for the work that I've done. And um, in addition to that, so that's something that you, you can uh, look into yourself. And as far as my projects are concerned, there's Scientia Pieces and Youth of Neuroscience. Um, make sure if you, if you do carry an interest in neuroscience or a field or a branch or a strain um, that is associated with neuroscience, um, feel free to write for us and um, we'll see. Uh, there's, there's no one we've rejected thus far because everyone has so much to add and so much to contribute. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at that. And for youth of neuroscience, if you think that you can bring uh, the necessary insight for someone else who may want to enter the fields of neuroscience, um, then feel free to contact me there as well. Um, I'm sure that you'll link all of these things um, in wherever you would link them and uh, you can contact me there and uh, visit, visit the website, um, Scientia Pieces and uh, youth of neuroscience is like an additional page on that website. And um, even if you're not interested in writing for us, you can take a look at um, other um, sort of sub initiatives that we're working on, where we're um, 
elaborating on what interdisciplinary neuroscience is. And we're sort of taking all of these different fields and um, telling you what you can do with uh, these fields and contribute to neuroscience with. So we have all sorts of exciting things coming up there. And um, yeah, make sure to take a look at them. For sure, yeah. I'll have all of um, those websites, socials linked down below. Um, and do you have any other like personal websites like LinkedIn um, that you want to share that I could link yeah, down below? So, yeah, so I'd love to get connected. And if you would if you have any questions about what I'm working on or in general um, regarding what we talked about in this podcast episode, then you can contact me there on LinkedIn. It's my name, Ritika Chatterbetty. It's not very complicated. And uh, it's that HR. And um, what else? And yeah, so there's two pages, two additional LinkedIn pages that you can follow for Scientia Pieces and Youth of Neuroscience. So those are two additional pages that you can follow as well. I'm not on Instagram and I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on um, Twitter um, as of now. <laughs> uh, I really don't have an interest in those platforms, but uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, I definitely need to get off of those platforms when school starts. Um, and I definitely, I think, I think that's a great approach. Challenge yourself, take a day or a week off and you'll just see, you'll just feel a lot more connected with your present day life. And the life we have online is very different and um, often misinterpreted. So don't take anything to heart online. Um, yeah, and LinkedIn really provides you a great platform, and it's best if you start early there because um, you have no idea what sorts of opportunities you can get via that. I've had um, friends, and even myself, um, I've gotten, um, I've contacted people for internship inquiries and um, any other, you know, classes or programs that they're working on, and I've gotten a lot of the um, features that I've had with Scientia Pieces through LinkedIn, and I've contacted all of these people and. Um, uh, and gotten my reach through there. So it's, re it's really great for networking and um, it really saves you time. And there's nothing that you can sort of waste your time on there because there's so many things that you can look up. Definitely. I, I'm thinking of getting a LinkedIn very soon. Um, yeah. I was not really looking for internship opportunities um, this year, but I think, as you said, I think I should start it because early on I'll, I'll get used to the platform and gain networking experience even before I start looking for jobs. So if you're 16 yeah. and up, definitely get LinkedIn. Um, and I, and I will too. Yeah. I hope I'm the first person you connect with there. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's basically just a digital resume. So if you have like a paper resume or something else that you're like a doc resume, then you can, um, literally copy and paste things there and it's just a digital one definitely and if you guys don't don't want linkedin or are too young to have linkedin i think um showing your resume cold emailing is also a pretty good um way to do it okay. i think linkedin is just a lot it's just if you have a lot of people in your region or network that uses linkedin it's just efficient um and useful so i would definitely consider it with your parents take a good, you know, headshot because it is a more professional platform. It's not something to fool around with. Um, not like Instagram. <laughs> um, so <laughs> do you have any like personal tips or tips you found on making a LinkedIn account and how to like gain network on there? 
Yeah, so it's best to have to start with a resume that you already have maybe on a Google Doc or a Word document um, or on paper and um, just look at look at what you have and what you've been working on and sort of uh, copy or paste things on your LinkedIn profile that you think are the most relevant for what you're planning on doing. And the rest is pretty self-explanatory and uh, you don't have to get it all done in one day, but uh, it, it takes time and it's definitely something that you're constantly adding to with the work that you're doing. And um, yeah, that's that's it. And it's it's pretty, pretty accessible and pretty, um, uh, self-explanatory when you actually go through the process. Nice to hear. And for sure, um, I really enjoyed our talk today, Ruchika. Um, I think we covered a lot of different aspects, you know, from college applications to LinkedIn. Like, I didn't know we we're going to come come here, but that's but that's the way of the podcast, right? <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious.